What would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? If you had all the money, all the time, all the knowledge, all the resources that you needed? What would you do with your life if you simply knew that anything was possible for you? My name is Christina Carlson, founder of Global Swedish Design and stationery brand Kiki K, and author of the book Your Dream Life Starts Here. And I love exploring these sorts of questions to inspire people to dream. Before I started Kiki K, I had a dream that I could bring Swedish design to the world to create beautiful products that bring sparks of joy into the everyday lives of millions. Now that I have achieved that dream, I want to help you dream big. I want to create a global movement to inspire 101 million dreamers to transform their lives and transform the world in return. Each episode, I'll be talking to some of the world's most inspiring people, exploring the powerful impact that dreaming has had on their lives. We'll be diving deep into the power of dreaming with real insights and ideas that you can use immediately to build a dream life of your own, whatever that means for you. wait for you to hear this episode as I'm speaking with the lovely Leah Simmons, founder of Kaya Training Program, a transformational practice that trains the four pillars of health, mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual. A certified Pilates instructor, personal trainer, and Kundalini yoga teacher, Leah has a passion for all things health and fitness and has dedicated over 14 years of helping people transform their bodies, including her own. But she soon realized that just training the body wasn't enough to make her truly happy. Leah found that the more she focused on the physical in her life, the more disconnected she was becoming from herself and who she really was, which sparked her to really think about what it means to be healthy and truly fit. After a long journey of self-discovery, she created the unique Kaya practice where students are guided on a journey that moves beyond mental obstacles, breaks down emotional barriers, and pushes through physical limits. The practice combines breathwork, bodywork, meditation, and integration and encourages people to go beyond the surface, past the noise of the mind, and find the transformational release within. This holistic view of health and what it means to be fit is such a breath of fresh air and Leah's journey is such an interesting one. I really hope you enjoy this episode and find some wisdom to help your own health journey, whatever that may be. Keep listening to hear Leah's story and also to discover the importance of focusing on our fitness as a holistic method rather than just physical fitness alone. The significance of taking the time to connect with yourself, your emotions, others and the world around you the importance of getting out of your own way to embark on something new, the importance of being present and not being too hard on yourself, a true reminder to slow everything down and be in the moment, tips for embracing the morning and giving yourself some extra time to start your day, ideas on how to begin a regular exercise routine that will work for you, the importance of consistency in whatever health practice you are starting, the incredible power of mindset and that you will tell yourself you can do something and believe you can do something, then you can do it, and the power of tapping into your intuition and so much more. I cannot wait for you to hear this episode, so let's get right into it. (music) 
Hi, Leah, and welcome to my podcast. Thank you very much. It's wonderful to be here. Very excited. I am so excited. At the time of recording, it's mid-year coming up. So I see a mid-year as a new year. Like I see actually every quarter as a new year uh, because it's a chance to kind of reset. And often at a new year, we have all the great intentions. And then, of course, with everything that's happening in the world, it's a perfect time to kind of reset. And I really want to talk a lot about habits during this session because I think this is a great opportunity to maybe think about our habits because, as we know, they often drive our lives and it's a great time to um, reset. So before we get into all that amazing, I just want to say a really warm welcome. And also I'd like to ask you As a child, what kind of dreams did you have? Did you have something you wanted to become or something you wanted to do when you were growing up? (laughs) Yes. I mean, look, I kind of grew up in quite a material world and I had a father who was very driven by business and sort of succeeding. And I grew up watching a show called LA Law. (laughs) I don't know if you had that. And I was so, I just wanted to be this high-flying lawyer. I just saw all the glitz and the glam and everything that went along with the lifestyle. But I had zero idea around, you know, what it actually took to become a lawyer, the work that was involved. I just saw the, the trappings around the outside. And it's interesting, though, as a child, what they see is always the good in everything. They're very present. They're very in the moment. And they can look at any given situation and see the sort of the silver lining, the shining, you know, the little stars twinkling around it. And so I think we come into this world not with preconceived ideas because that comes later. That comes with conditioning and and all that sort of stuff that you get sort of handed down to you. But, you know, this very innocent, beautiful view of life. And we lose that as adults. We get bogged down by where we should be, what we should be doing and all of this sort of stuff. And we sort of lose the magic of, of every single moment. And I think it's really interesting when you talk about resolutions and, you know, cycles and mid-year and quarters and, and all of that sort of stuff. Whereas I really believe that you should take every day as a new cycle and set a, set an intention every single day. Just because December 31st changes over to January the 1st, I guess intellectually you can look at that as, you know, closing off one cycle and starting anew, but you have an opportunity every single day to rewrite where you want to go in this life, how you want to move forward. And it doesn't have to be super complicated or take a lot of planning. It's just, you know, how can I do one thing differently that's going to change my day. And I think if you just break it down into smaller things, I've found that that's a much better way or it's a much more effective way to be able to make the changes in your life that are lasting. Every single resolution I've ever made (laughs) has never gone beyond like the 6th of January. Do you know whether it's, I don't know what it is tied to, but you know, when you can actually um, make small baby steps in your progress, then you can actually measure the things that you're kind of shift or change in your life. So yeah. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I have a Facebook group where we um, choose one habit we want to work on. So this could be something we want to remove or that we want to add. Because I, being a all or nothing personality um, that I have, I kind of find that if I if I'm accountable to a group, and often these are things that are health related because I have really big dreams and being healthy is definitely very much needed and part of that. And it's amazing what that has done to me in terms of that consistency because I've sometimes find it difficult to motivate myself, especially when it's raining 
raining and cold, all that kind of stuff. But let's get back into that later. I want to introduce you to our listeners because I have listeners from all over the world. So not everyone might know of you yet. So I'd love for you to uh, maybe just tell us a little bit about your journey. Oh, gee, how long is this podcast? (laughs) (laughs) You have all the time. (laughs) Well, thank goodness for editing people. That's all I can say. (laughs) My name is Leah Simmons. I am from Australia, but I am a citizen of the world. I've lived in London. I've lived in Bali. I've traveled extensively. And my journey, I suppose, is banned not only countries, but different careers. I finished school. Uh, I was heavily into music. I was a singer and, you know, I majored in music and I, I left school and all my sort of private school kind of counterparts went off to university. I declared that I wanted to become a DJ and that is exactly what I did. And it was back in the 90s when women in the sort of nightclub DJ scene were very few and far between. So I sort of forged a path in in that way. I was very determined I was quite good at it and I sort of started trampling down my male counterparts and taking work from them and, you know, just becoming this female voice, I suppose, in an industry that was very male-driven at the time. And it took me to London. I ended up running quite a big record label in the independent record label world over there for six years. And it was great. It was like play hard, party hard, work hard. There was no social media back then. So, you know, thank God for that. (laughs) I was going to say that. (laughs) I'm so grateful for that. (laughs) Same. We were free to sort of be whatever we wanted to be in that time. And with the advent of social media and also the advances in technology, especially in the music industry, the introduction of iTunes had quite a devastating effect at the beginning for the independent record label industry because as a DJ you would go into a record store, you'd buy a record for, you know, 19 pounds for one song and then all of a sudden you could buy that same song online for a dollar. So it kind of decimated a lot of the hard work that a lot of the artists had put into it. And so I was caught in a little bit of a career crossroads where I had to decide what I wanted to do because the label that I was working for sort of suffered a little bit. Our distribution company went under. So there was a a big shake up in that industry. And I'd I'd been over there for six years. I I was about to turn 30 and I was like, oh, maybe it's time for me to kind of reconsider what I want to do. So I moved back to Australia and every time I'd come back to Australia for a visit, my mother would actually take me along to her Pilates studio as a little bit of a way to bring some health into her nightclub daughter's much needed (laughs) lifestyle. And what I realized that I fell in love with the method and I thought this is going to be a really great pivot for me in terms of careers. So at the ripe old age of 30 and, you know, 2006, I decided to delve into the fitness industry. So I trained as a PT. I did my studio certification for Pilates And then I embarked on a career as a Pilates teacher. I taught that method for eight to 10 years. And interestingly, as you know, the same thing with the music industry, we had a bit of a technological shakeup in all industries with the advent of social media. And I have to say, I have to put my hand up and say that I got swallowed down into that rabbit hole of, you know, the glitz and the glamour of Instagram and that whole projection of this kind of ideal lifestyle and the perfect physique and comparing yourself to everybody else that was on the platform. And what I started to notice was that the more I was training my physical body and teaching and, and, you know, supporting my clients physically, the more disconnected I started to become from my emotional 
health and my mental health. But at the time, we didn't really, there wasn't a lot of conversation around what it meant to be mentally fit or emotionally healthy. It was all about this kind of physical ideal. If you look this way, then your life will be this way. And the more I kind of got driven into this kind of physical fitness landscape, the more miserable I was becoming. And it was a very strange time in my life where I just felt this real disconnect from who I was and what I was projecting out there into what was actually going on in my life. And it's interesting because as I was chatting to my clients around, you know, how I was feeling, I started to realize that a lot of people were feeling the same. So there was this kind of hidden thing going on behind the scenes that people were not seeing out in real life. And so it started to make me wonder about what it actually meant to be healthy. And it's interesting that you were sort of saying about your health goals. And I think it's a subjective thing. Like, what does it mean? What is healthy? What does that look like? And so I started to look at the different areas of my life where my fitness was sort of suffering. And that took me on a whole other (laughs) kind kind of tangent, kind of journey. So After I started to feel this way, um, my husband kind of miraculously entered into my life and he lived in Bali. So I was traveling back and forth between Sydney and Bali. I had a son in this meantime to somebody else. And what I noticed with being over in somewhere like Bali was that there was a lot of focus placed on spiritual fitness, emotional fitness, and mental fitness, not just physical fitness. And we started working with a company over there that introduced me to the concept of the four pillars of health. So mental health, physical health, emotional health, and spiritual health. And I spent the next sort of five years delving into what it meant to be truly fit, what daily practices would support the health of each of those pillars and what happened in your life when you actually consistently trained across all of those pillars every day. And that's basically sort of led me up to now the birth of Kaya. Yeah, (laughs) let's talk about that. I can so relate to everything that you've spoken to so far. I love, you know, a challenge, but I really miss the uh, emotional and spiritual and mental peace. And when I started doing your program, I was like, you kind of just nailed it. So obviously we're going to link to your on-demand program. I was so excited to see that you were going to get that. So tell our listeners what to expect because it's to me it's not a workout it's an experience like I just love it (laughs) (laughs) well it's both it is a workout but it's also an experience and your experience as the user is going to be unique to you because it very much depends on how open you are to receive it so unlike any other workout as I said Kaya trains across the four pillars of health so mental health physical health emotional health and spiritual health and why it can be sometimes a little bit confronting for people is that it brings up things in those other areas that we're not used to having kind of shining a light on. If you haven't addressed the health or the fitness of those areas, when you start to experience yourself from where you're really at in those areas, and I'm not talking just physically, it can be quite shocking, but it can also be so empowering to be able to know that, you know, you have everything inside you to be able to make the changes that you want in your life because everybody has things that they want to either change or shift or move past or let go of, you know, but it's just like how. How do we do that and how can we do it so that it has a lasting effect? 
So what Kaya does is it collectively raises the energy across all of your pillars of health so that you are getting a truly complete workout and you are also connecting deeply to the ability, the innate ability that you have already inside you to be able to make those changes. So to break it down in a Kaya workout, we always combine four different modalities that train each of the pillars. So it always starts off with breath work for our mental pillar. So breath work, flooding the body with oxygen, it opens up the neural pathways, it activates our nervous system. It also brings us right into the present moment. So I call it a true internal warm-up. It is warming you up from the inside and it is preparing your body to be able to function, focus, and it helps get rid of all of that brain fog and the memory loss and that sluggish sort of feeling because you are literally plugging oxygen into every single one of your cells. It then moves into the bodywork component. So I'm trained as a Pilates teacher and a PT, so you're going to get functional, challenging strength sequences. It focuses on core conditioning. It brings your whole body from a muscle point of view into alignment, and it offers you a physical freedom to be able to, you know, take you through your day. That then moves into the support for our emotional pillar, which is a beautiful guided meditation. It is designed to sort of balance and align all of your energy centers. Each of the workouts focuses on a different area. So some of them might be heart focused, others might be focused on your foundation. So the first three chakras, some might be connecting you to your higher centers, like your third eye, but it really is um, an opportunity for you to connect to yourself on an energetic level and also foster that beautiful connection to yourself and be able to come back into your center at any given time. That then flows into what I call the sort of cherry on top, which is the integration technique. And that is to really train your spiritual pillar. And spirituality for me is all about connection. It's about how connected you are to yourself, how connected you are to the world around you and to others. And, you know, forging that deep connection to what you are here on this earth to do. And that is to build relationships and create or co-create with this beautiful universe that is inside us and also around us, the best version of yourself. And so that's taken from my training as a Kundalini yoga teacher. I have adapted a beautiful technique from Kundalini that really allows you to see where your comfort zone is at, see if you would like to take a few steps outside of it. It really is this strength that is inside you that some people are afraid to tap into or, you know, it separates you from, I guess, the reactions and the fear of your mind and it brings you into the clarity and the strength inside your heart and it allows you to see that the two are separate. You are not your thoughts and we are very much driven daily around our likes and our dislikes. So they generally govern how we move forward in our life. You know, for me, number one skill in our life to master, and I learned this from the company that we're working for in Bali, an amazing company called Smart Minds, the skill that you want to foster in your life is your decision-making skills. Because every decision you've ever made in your life has led you up to this point. And when we were working with this company, 
they were sort of highlighting to us that if you have a big organization with lots of employees, it's much more difficult to try and track or control every decision your employees make. It's better to kind of take a few steps back and understand where decision making comes from and try and support it from there. And if you do take a step back, you'll see that decisions come from your language, your language comes from your thoughts, and your thoughts come from your emotions. So if you can look after the health of your emotional state, everything else will sort of fall into place. And Kaya, and especially that integration technique at the end, really does allow you to train your emotional state so that you are making the best decisions for you from a heart-led place. You're not being driven by your fears or your doubts or your thoughts, and you are actually coming from a place of deep connection to yourself. And I know that sounds like a huge, you're probably exhausted (laughs) thinking about it, but it's actually consistently, if you can do it every day, the effects that it has on your life can be profound and it's much easier than a lot of the therapy and all of that sort of stuff that is out there at the moment because it's for you you're doing it for yourself you've handed yourself the keys to your freedom and it's easy as just turning the key yeah I love that part because I have really big dreams and sometimes when you ask those questions it just gets me like yes I'm so on the right path and I think it's great to do this kind of exercise in the morning because it just sets me up for the day ahead so um, I have this 66 days habit challenge group and we often start in the new quarter with do it for 66 days so it becomes a habit and I'm going to encourage as many people to join me on your program so for anyone who are new to this kind of exercise often starting something new that you might not feel comfortable is the hardest. And once you just get on the mat, that's the hardest part. And then it's the rest is easy. But what kind of advice would you give to people who are thinking, this sounds amazing, but can I do it? And how do I start? And is my physical strength enough for this kind of program? So my advice would be get out of your own way (laughs) and just start. There is absolutely no right or wrong in Kaya. None. There is you where you are at. We are a constant work in progress. We are always evolving. It's funny, a lot of people get really afraid of the physical part of it. And like, once you do a workout, you'll find that the physical part is actually the least challenging. People to be able to sit with themselves for an amount of time, that is quite difficult for a lot of people. That's why meditation seems to be quite scary. And all I would say is that Starting is half the battle, then celebrating getting to the end of it is the rest of it. And all of the stuff in between your experience, just take as an experience. You know, you're going to be guided through it and you need to be kind to yourself through the whole thing. You can't fail at it. So if you remove the fear of failure or the fear of not being enough or doing it well enough, then there is really no excuse to not actually just give it a go. You know, the exercises are all safe. I offer progressions and regressions. There's modifications within it. If you just want to sit on the mat and listen, that's also going to give you, you know, what you need on that given day and take it as an experience. Do you know what I mean? I I would really say just don't go into it with any kind of preconceived ideas, receive it for what it's going to give you and just 
start. I couldn't agree more. And you know what? I think every pillar is amazing. And I think combined with your amazing soundtrack and also your amazing voice, it's just so amazing. So I could not agree more. So let's um, talk about your healthy habits. Can you share with us some of your healthy habits outside of your exercise regime? Well, obviously I try and eat as well as I possibly can. I mean, I am the mother of two children. One is 11 and one is two. So, you know, (laughs) vastly different needs. But healthy habits for me, again, is, is all about just being present. It's just understanding where you're at, not being hard on yourself, you know, knowing that you're not going to get it right all of the time, but just obviously finding gratitude in every single moment. I do like to get off my tech at least half an hour before I go to bed and ditto with that in the morning. So just to give myself and my brain time to unwind and then also just come into the day. You know, I had some really nice advice from a beautiful friend of mine in Bali where it's like, you know, when you wake up in the morning, give yourself the time for you. You don't need to get involved into somebody else's life the second you open your eyes. And that is as simple as just opening your eyes, rolling over. If there's someone in the bed next to you, whether it's a child or your partner or whatever, you know, take a moment just to feel grateful for that. Feel the sheets beneath you. Be grateful that you've got a bed to sleep in and just those tiny little moments throughout the day. I love also sort of ritualizing small things. So I get up very early, 4.45 every morning because I have to teach at 6am. And I love giving myself that extra sort of 15 minutes to just potter around and make myself my cup of tea and send some intentions into that and just sort of slow everything down a little bit so that I can be with myself, my thoughts, and set my day up um, the way that I would like it to go. Now, that doesn't mean to say that it's always going to go that way, but at least I've put that time into the beginning of my day, you know, to give it the best chance (laughs) of going the way that, you know, I want to set it out in my mind. But then that also comes with being adaptable and just going with the flow. I think time, giving yourself time, and that's one of the biggest healthy habits I would like to keep and improve in my life is to just slow everything down and just, yeah, be in the moment as much as I can. Yeah, I love that. I, I'm also an early morning person. You know, I get so many questions how I can get up early and why I love it so much. But once you start having that slow start and, you know, no technology and no other people, and I have children as well, and just having that space for yourself just makes such a difference. And um, I often go outside because I love seeing the sunrise and I love getting the fresh air and then listening to something inspiring or sometimes just nothing. It's just, it's such a magical time of the day. It really is. And you can almost feel, you know, the earth hum, like there's a vibration that happens at that very early time of the morning. In Kundalini Yoga, they call it the ambrosia hours between 4 and 6 a.m. And it's literally the quietest moment on the earth. And I feel incredibly connected to nature during those hours. You feel small, but you feel vast. Yeah. I wish more people get to experience this. And that's why I, when people say that they can't get up early, it's like, once you start, I look forward to go to bed early so I can get up early because I feel like those first two hours is feels like forever versus when you have so many other things that you have to be on time. So I love your slow start. How about healthy eating for you? How do you make sure you get the right nutrition, etc. considering you do so much exercise? <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, I don't restrict anything. I try and follow mostly a plant-based diet, but I'm not a vegan or a vegetarian. I think I do like to eat a wide variety of food. You know, we do fasts quite a lot. So extended fasts, liquid diets, 
once every six weeks, just a week on the bone broth and, you know, some above ground veggies to just sort of reset the system. That is something that I really, really, truly believe in. That's something that works for me. Now, you know, I'm not a nutritionist. There's no sort of advice going out for anybody. But when it comes to my own health, I feel the best and the most clear when I sort of, you know, take a break from all the digesting of the food and and clean it up for about a week every six weeks. And then around the edges of that, I don't eat before I train or before I teach. So I'll come home and I'll have a huge smoothie and I'll just pack everything that I can get my hands on into that. So frozen banana, um, hemp seeds, MCT oil, good protein powder, a really good greens powder. Like I'll just pack that up and that kind of carries me through until about two or three in the afternoon. And then I'll sort of have my main meal then. And then dinner is, you know, something like a soup or I wish I could say that I was like regimented around some kind of like eating plan, but to be honest with you, I'm not, I'm not a huge, I'm not a great cook. <laughs> so I'm really lucky that my kids eat raw vegetables. So I can just chuck that in front of them any time of the day. And I know they're getting something green into them. <laughs> we're healthy eaters. We are not big eaters and we're not super adventurous eaters, but I know what nutrition I need and my family needs to operate at our optimum so yeah and I think simple is the best anyway so that sounds perfect to me <laughs> exactly exactly yeah. what's your advice for people who are a bit on and off with regular exercise so I love trying new things so I feel like I, I always move but I know some people feel that the consistency is hard so do you recommend for people to do your program every day and how do they keep that consistency is there any tips around that well i mean as they say you know practice makes perfect and consistency is key you're not going to improve on anything if you're just doing it randomly once or twice and to think that you can sort of yield lasting results from that is a bit naive it's like anything that you want to improve in your life or train, you're going to have to put some effort and work in at the beginning. And what I find is that once you start to see or feel the results from that, then obviously, you know, keeping to that consistent routine starts to become easier because you're starting to feel better. You're starting to look better. You're starting to get all of the, the benefits of, you know, that hard work that you've put in. I would also say set realistic goals. I mean, going from nothing to I want to train seven days a week, you're setting yourself up to fail. <laughs> Do something that you know that you can consistently keep doing, whether it's getting outside and walking or, you know, just something that is going to allow you to get into a good daily routine and then you can start to add some things that are a little bit more challenging. What I found, you know, living in Bali, we were doing all of these different practices, but we were doing it over a six-hour period. So you do, you go to the gym and then you go to yoga and then you go to a breathwork class and then you could float off to a sound healing and then into an ice bath and, you know, it was easy over there to be able to fill your day with all these different modalities. Why I created Kaya was for people that are time poor, where consistency might be a little bit of an issue in a city scenario where there's kids and life and jobs and things like that. So I wanted to be able to bring people the benefits of being able to train across the four pillars every day, but do it in under an hour. Because I know that most people put aside one hour of their lives to train. And for most people, training looks like yoga or Pilates or some kind of physical modality. Well, I was like, okay, 
if you're going to give yourself an hour, I want to be able to put in some things around the edges that I know are going to support you outside of the gym walls or outside of the studio walls and carry over into your daily life. And for me, if you start, you will very soon start to see the benefits, you know, the changes that it's going to make in how you feel at the very least. So you'll want to start doing it consistently because when you stop, you'll return back down into that sort of, do you know what I mean? And you'll start again. And again, nothing is as clear cut as just, I start and then I continue. There's always wobbles along the road. There's always going to be on and off and start and stop and in and out, but that's the journey. And the awareness around how you're feeling and the things that you know that are good for you, that's also part of it. So if you know that you feel better when you do a Kaya, then do a Kaya. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And yes, it's, you know, sometimes, as I said at the beginning, it can bring up some interesting things, but know that the fact that you're feeling it, you're experiencing it, you're able to look at it means that you now have the power to be able to change it. And that I think is the biggest gift what of what Kaya can give you is when you accept responsibility for where it is that you're at, you also accept the power to be able to change it. It's a kind of double-edged sword. So I would say the more consistent you are with it, the faster you'll be able to connect to where it is that you want to go and being able to get there. And if you're not, then you're not. But I would say just start, feel your way through it, find a pace that you can maintain. It doesn't have to be seven days a week. Try it twice a week to start with. Then you might want to add in another one. Be realistic around your goals and you'll have the most chance of being able to stick to it. I couldn't agree more. Not just your clients or the people who attend your classes, what are their biggest takeouts so far? What are you, I guess, most surprised for the takeouts or maybe not surprised because you might um, have known that before you started, but what are the biggest takeouts from their workouts that you hear from your clients? Well, it's interesting. Most of the feedback that I receive is very little to do with the physical aspect of it and everything to do with, you know, how it's actually changed their lives. And that's to say something is life-changing sounds arrogant, but it's the feedback that I've been getting. And I've been getting some real stories around how it has changed people's lives, whether it's finding the courage to be able to leave a toxic relationship, whether it's being able to walk into their workplace and find the confidence to be able to ask for that promotion that they feel like they deserve, whether it's putting themselves into a position where they have to find comfort in their discomfort, yet staying strong into their values and their beliefs. I've had someone that knocked an hour off a marathon and someone else that did like a 500 meter ocean swim after never swimming in the ocean in their lives. One of the mantras that people take away from the class that is sort of burned in their brain, and I'm sorry to everybody that now has my voice repeating over and over in their mind, is I can do this, I am doing this. And what that gives people, not only does it give them the encouragement that they're doing it, but it brings them into the present moment. So everything that they sort of think about themselves from the past or all of their worries about what's going to happen kind of melt away. They're in the moment and in that moment, they are connected to a resilience and a strength inside themselves that can help them push through whatever situation they are confronted with, whether it is a tough conversation they need to have or a habit they want to break or, you know, pushing through some kind of physical limit. They find that strength inside them. I mean, I had one of my students who kind of was coming quite regularly and then all of a sudden 
disappeared for a month and I sort of reached out to her and I was like is everything all right what's going on and she'd had been on a camping trip and had been rushed to hospital where she'd basically had some kind of internal bowel episode where she had to have a whole host of surgeries to try and repair what had ever gone on in her digestive system and she said to me if it wasn't for your mantra I can do this I am doing this she wouldn't have found the strength to be able to get up out of her hospital bed and like take those first few steps around the hospital to try and put herself onto that healing path and it's those sorts of takeaways that for me are the most profound because yes it's a workout but it is so much more than that and it really allows people to connect to the concept that you are the medicine. Do you know what I mean? Like you have it inside you. You have the strength. You already have all of the answers to every single question you will ever ask yourself in your life. It is called your intuition. It is called your inner guidance. It is that wisdom, that higher self that exists inside you, but we get clouded by everything that's going on around our social, all the distractions that are in our lives, it gets clouded by our own self-doubt. It gets clouded by the projections that other people put onto us. It gets clouded by the fears of everybody else around us. And if you can just kind of navigate your way through all of that into yourself and sit with yourself for a moment and go, you know what, I actually know, I already know. And then be able to connect to that in those times of uncertainty and fear, then that is the thing that you will connect to over and over again. And Kaya is a way to help you connect so that you can carry that through through your life. So that's, I think that's what clients and my students take away from it is that deep connection to their true self. Yeah. A few years ago, I wrote a book called Your Dream Life Starts Here. And one of the chapters is called We Are in the Driver's Seat of Our Own Lives. And when I combined my big dreams and your exercise and your voice and everything, I feel like it all falls into place. And how do you feel about yourself being in your driver's seat? Do you feel like you know exactly where you're going? Have you got your dreams sorted or where are you at in that journey? (laughs) No, I don't know where I'm going. I just take every day as it comes. I'm, I really try and live in flow. If I knew where I was going and stayed on that path, I wouldn't be where I am, if that makes sense. So I very much open myself up to the signs and the signals from the universe. And, you know, sometimes it's very testing because I do come from a belief system around having to control everything and, you know, everything needs to be just so and you've got to stay on a path. And it's only been in the last few years where I've really had to sort of let go of that. And what's happened is that all of these different opportunities have presented themselves that probably wouldn't have been there had I not surrendered to the universe's path for me rather than my my ego's path for me, if that makes sense. <laughs> so I am very much living my purpose. I am very connected to what I am sharing with the world. I hope that it becomes much bigger than me. That's the path I think for Kaya, you know, I want to try and separate myself. So I'm, I'm out there looking for teachers and facilitators. And I I just want this to grow because I know how beneficial it can be for everybody out there. And, you know, what happens when everybody starts making better decisions and choices for themselves is they start making better decisions and choices for their environment, 
which leads to better decisions and choices for the planet, which leads to the planet healing, you know. So it starts with the individual and I am just a conduit, I think, for this for this to really get out there. But, yeah, I'm focusing all of my energy into growing Kaya and getting it out there and talking to people like yourself and being inspired by people like yourself to really spread the word and connect to what it is. Yeah, I love that. It's been so inspiring and I could speak to you forever, but I'd like to finish off with some questions. One that I ask to everyone, if you could give one piece of advice to the next generation to help them live their dream life, what would you say? I would say keep going doing what you're doing because I have been so inspired by the next generation that is coming up. I've been doing podcasts and stuff with you know, people that are half my age and and they're talking to me about concepts that when I was in my 20s, I would never have started to think about. They care about the imprint that they're going to be leaving on this planet. They care about the health of not only themselves, but their environment. And I think that it is really encouraging. I feel like they've got this. (laughs) So my advice would just be to keep going, keep doing what you're doing. Love that. Love that. I'm such an avid reader. So I always interested to know, do you have a favorite book? And if yes, why? Oh, a favorite book. Well, I can tell you what I'm reading right now. That's probably the best that you're going to get. I have so many books. I'm reading a book called Being Ramdas at the moment. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Ramdas. He was an incredible man slash prophet. I don't know even know what you'd call him, but he started off, you know, as a Harvard psychologist and kind of found his way to India and really connected to his calling as somebody to spread the concept of connecting to the inner light inside you. And I'm reading his biography at the moment and it's just unbelievable. It's a really beautiful snapshot of him as a man. I don't know. I, I, I read such diverse, I go from like contemporary fiction to biographies to this, that, and the other, a whole lot of stuff. I love reading. I've really been an avid reader for my whole life. And a couple of the books that I've read recently, Breath by James Nestor, fantastic book around breathing. I just finished The Brain That Changes Itself by Norman Doidge. Um, So there's a lot of different things that I'm really interested in from a scientific perspective, but also from a metaphysical perspective. I like to sort of read lots yeah yeah i'm the same so we'll we'll link for everyone listening link to all those books in the show notes they're all great choices so thank you for sharing i would love to know if you have a favorite kiki k product or a favorite stationary product (laughs) well i love all of your journals i think they're beautiful they are inspiring they're simple which i think is also very you don't want to get kind of bogged down by somebody else having written everything that you need to in your journal with no room for you to write in it (laughs) if that makes sense but yes i just love the simplicity and the space that you've created and for me with an 11 year old who has almost lost the art of handwriting do you know what i mean everything is so now typing this and texting that and screen 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 there's nothing more satisfying than to sit down with a fresh, beautiful piece of paper in front of you, pen in hand, and just write. You know, I really feel like that is something that we need to continue expelling the virtues and the, the benefits of just being able to take a moment and actually sit there and write a letter or write a letter to yourself or journal. And uh, I love the fact that you're really fostering keeping that alive. 
Yeah, I mean, handwriting in one thing, but it's also thinking on paper. I feel like that's just been so helpful throughout my journey to to really get through the challenges by writing about it and getting it out of my system that way, you know, in combination with lots of other things. It's, yeah, yeah, so I'm really encouraging my kids as well to handwrite because screens seems to be the majority of their time. One of my other favourite Kiki K products is the diary. Because I'm still a handwritten, like, need to have all my appointments and my diary. <laughs> oh, I mean, it's on nice my Google hear. calendar, but, yes, to have it in front of me that I can thumb through it and cross things out and add something in, it's just, I don't know, I'm old school like that. Yeah, yeah. No, I think there is a lot of us like that. We like ticking things off. And it's also, I just find that I remember things much better if I write it down by hand. So, yeah. But I think combination with technology and paper is, is a beautiful thing. So thank you for sharing. To finish off, knowing what you know now, what kind of advice would you give to yourself if you're like, say, you know, mid-teen, knowing what you know now? Knowing what I know now. I think I would just say, just keep going, doing what you're doing, because I wouldn't know what I know now if I had all the answers then. No, Do you know what I mean? such a good one. <laughs> yeah. So be a kid, be a teenager, get into trouble. Thank God there was no social media. Go off and do all the things and mistakes that you made because guess what? Your 44-year-old self is doing pretty well. (laughs) Yeah, that's a really good one. I love that. So that's been such an amazing conversation. And I remember reading The Workout to Change Your Life, and I think it actually is true. So I'm going to encourage everyone listening to Kaya has a free trial. So definitely just give it a go. I have no doubt that you will love it. So thank you so much, Leah, for sharing all your wisdom and not just in this podcast, but what you are sharing with the world. And I have no doubt people will really be hooked and excited and get so much out of it. So thank you so much. Well, thank you, Christina, for having me. And for everybody who is listening, I encourage you to get on, have a go. You've got a free trial. One of the sayings I say in class is the magic is in the second round. So we always do things twice through because it allows you to take everything that you learned from the first round and apply it to the second round and help you to improve and grow. So The magic is not only in the second round, but the magic is in the second class. So I would encourage you to do two classes. The first one will allow you to kind of connect to what it is that you are doing in the class and and the flow. And the second class will really allow you to be present in that class. That is my advice. When you start on your Kaya journey, give it two goes (laughs) and yeah, see, see the magic start to unfold. Yeah, absolutely. I think it will be more than two, but yes, let's start there. (laughs) (laughs) The power of start. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you, Christina. Wow. I hope you loved hearing from Leah as much as I loved speaking with her and learning about the importance of focusing on the four pillars of our health rather than just one each day. We are made up of so much more than just our physical body, so it really does make sense to be focusing on our health and fitness in a more holistic way. Leah and I are very similar in the way we truly believe that we are in the driver's seats of our own lives, and that if we give ourselves the chance and the time to tap into what we really want and listen to what we need – then we can truly make positive changes. Whether you're focusing on your health, fitness, or changing any other habits, remember that it's always starting that is the hardest part and that consistency is key. So why not start today and commit to taking small steps daily toward whatever you are aiming towards? 
If you're looking for a little extra support, don't forget to explore my 66 Days Habit Challenge Club at yourdreamlifestartshere.com. And if you have been inspired to dream big or make any positive changes after hearing this episode, I would love you to join my Facebook group, Your Dream Life Podcast as well. So you can share and learn with a group of like-minded dreamers. All the links and helpful resources mentioned in this episode are in the show notes as well. And there is also a free trial to Kaya. I highly recommend you try it out. It's been amazing for me and I hope it will for you as well. I am so excited about all the inspiring guests that I'll be speaking to in the second half of this year. So please remember to subscribe so you don't miss any. And don't forget to tell us what you thought by leaving us a review. I love hearing from you and I'm so incredibly grateful for all the comments. So thank you. And as always, if you want to see more what's happening in my world, you can always follow me on Instagram at Christina Kiki K. Until next week, dream big.